Welcome to Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. I'm Dustin P. I'm Genius McGee. And on this episode, we are finally back talking <laughs> HBO's Game <laughs> of Thrones, oh, no. the season eight premiere. Mm-hmm. Man, it's been a long time coming. Yes, it has. It took a long time for winter to get here. Hell yeah, it, took a little, it better be a long winter. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, all of the episodes are supposed to be a little bit more in length. I yeah. believe the first two are about an hour, but all of and the other episodes are... Hour, like, hour and 20. Yeah, like a canon film almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to Greg D, who couldn't make this this podcast this evening. Hey, belly. So, what Genius and I talked about off-air is that we're just going to pretty much just break down the episode as it came along. Uh-huh. But for the sake of our listeners and also brevity, we do dive directly into spoilers, and we are going to spoil the hell out of it. So, yep. spoiler, 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 you have been warned. Genius, what did you think of this episode? First of all, welcome back to Westeros, Lance. <laughs> yeah, let's start with that. First thing I noticed, that was a cool new intro. Dude, I'm so glad cool to actually see the intro. I'm I'm happy to finally hear the theme song again in, you know, in real time and not on HBO Go right. or on you know, ain't whatever that, other streaming service we have. Ain't nothing wrong with that, though. Like, if that's how you watch it, hey, go ahead, because we rewatched it on Go, so. but That's true. Yeah. The intro was cool, though. The intro, because, like, even the rings around the sun are different. Uh-huh. And, like, you get more in-depth into, like, the Winterfell and mm-hmm. more in-depth into King's Landing. And then I like how they showed the wall all broken and then, like, the ice coming down. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Billie Jean, the video from Michael Jackson. You know, we stepped on the, the different sidewalk oh, tiles. Oh, because they're all they're tiling. It, it, it was kind of like, yeah. like falling blue as it kind of went along. I was uh, thinking of Qbert. Like, like, all of a sudden, a big icicle hits, like, <laughs> like chasing, like, ice snakes. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I thought the intro was really good. I mean, we've had seven... Seven seasons of the same intro. I mean, granted, they've been changed a little bit to kind of lead on where the locations are going to be, you know, what houses we're going to talk about in the episode mm-hmm. and whatnot. But I really did like the update to the episode. It was, it was really cool for the intro. Mm-hmm. So then we opened up. Everything seemed new. Everything was new. It was new and cool. And then, once again, I like the way that it telegraphs where the story is going to take place. Right. That way you don't have to guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really do appreciate that about the show. And you're like, oh, it's going to be it's gonna be a, a King's Landing episode. Hey, so. we're in Winterfell. All right. <laughs> Stay cool. <laughs> but so we opened up in Winterfell, and um, all of a sudden you see Danny and Daenerys and Jon Snow just marching through this enormous armament of the unsullied. the unsullied yeah that is crazy and everybody's like whoa cool but did you see Arya? Arya was like whatever I yeah. Can take <laughs> yeah she was just like fucking i can kill him i can kill him i'm I a faceless man not a ballless man <laughs> <laughs> but she's just like hmm. but it was kind of cool that she, as the procession was going by she saw Jon snow but nobody really noticed her because she kind of blended into the crowd right. Which is pretty cool. She's the, a faceless man. Or right. A faceless woman. That's what... That's, whatever, whatever you want to call it. A girl has no name. That's very So, true. everybody's like walking and she's like, oh, like, he's here. Oh, Jon Snow, I'm, I'm so glad my brother's here. And then, like, it's the Hound. Uh-huh. <laughs> she, and she gives him the... Mm-hmm. And then she sees Gendry and she smiles again. Yeah. And, you know, this is something that, that Greg and I talked about uh, while we were watching the episode. I think this is actually the most we've seen Aria Aria smile in the entire damn show except for like season one back when she was a little girl. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. It's nice to see her. She, I mean, she's still a cold-blooded badass, but at least she... Cold-blooded. Ah-ah! But at least she like can smile and be like, you know what? I'm glad things are going good. Everything is right now. 
is going peachy, you know? And did you notice everybody in the crowd at Winterfell, like, you know, the, the little town that's outlying Winterfell, mm-hmm. everybody's just giving them that. Just <laughs> like, who the fuck are these and people? Then all of a sudden, Drogon and Rhaegal fly over and they're like, oh, shit! <laughs> right? That's something you don't see every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, they haven't seen these these dragons in, in millennia. I know. I you mean, know? I think to this day, if we're all like... All of a sudden, just sitting outside, hanging out, and like it's just dragon just flies by. We're gonna be like, "Holy shit!" Wait a minute, millennia? No, centuries. T- Jesus, <laughs> whatever. Regardless, <laughs> it's a big ass dragon. I know it's a big ass dragon. If yeah. you're a farmer, like a big ass bird is impressive. You mm-hmm. know, if you're like out there <laughs> working in the outskirts of the field. But yeah, that shut everybody up. No more cyanide from them. <laughs> and when they finally ride in, you know, John is the first one through the gates at Winterfell, and he comes to the main court, and you get this like sense of relief. Yeah, he comes up and he gives Sansa a big hug, and you know they're kind of you know happy to see each other. But did you see and that Sansa shade that she was oh, throwing to Daenerys? Yeah, dude, all, the all the minute episode. they walked in, all the episode. minute they walked in, Sansa, mad side eye, right? <laughs> Total Sansa shade, just like looking, just just daggers just daggers right at her and i'm like damn that's cold cold again cold-blooded but i did like the fact that you know john the very first thing he says to sansa is where's aria yeah and, and <laughs> sansa's response back to him was just epically appropriate mm-hmm. <laughs> probably lurking somewhere lurking just, i wrote that minute it's lurking and then, of course, you know, you got you to gotta have Bran killing the mood. I mean, <laughs> Every, everybody's like, you know, oh, hey, nice to see you again. We don't have time for this, right? <laughs> it's like, the dead are already here. Here's the thing. Bran is consistently creepy. He just he, comes, he is mad creepy. He just comes out of nowhere, comes out of nowhere, pops up, says some ill shit, and then just kind of like slinks off into the dark. He shouldn't be in a wheelchair. He should be in like a white panel wagon no <laughs> that's like free candy on the side dude because he he's is creepy. mad creepy well, he's creepy as shit he should come out of the shadows like not in, just like like a ninja just like well he kind of does the, i mean the dead are coming you know well, he's and, almost as bad as later on we'll get into the hand of cersei yeah he's a creep too yeah he's he's a he should come out of the shadows the genius's favorite character now is kyburn he's, <laughs> he's a hell of creep no he's not do the but, creep oh but um but yeah i mean he, yeah he brings down the mood completely yeah, he because he, he's like you know welcome the, the, oh. the 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 dead have breached the wall and then he looks at danny and says you know they have a dragon mm-hmm. and she's just like what yeah. you know she everybody thought Viserion was dead you know and <laughs> that's Night, why the wall fell down exactly and Night then king the, be doing his thing and then that leads us to the council like um <laughs> lord something rather little kid like hello sir may we please have more wagons oh lord umber more <laughs> <laughs> straight up oliver twist <laughs> <Fended> the dragons <laughs> well and he doesn't even really know how to address him you know because he addresses sansa so much because she had been taking care of everything while everybody else was down in the south mm-hmm. so he's like you know he's addressing sansa as my lady then and he then- goes my lord and then uh, my queen, sorry, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, I don't know what the hell to call everybody. But that caused a like, <laughs> yeah, a kerfuffle, a kerfuffle in the council. And like, I could see what everybody was saying, especially when little Mormont came up and was like, look, who is this bitch? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will fight her right now. Right. We talked about you. We didn't talk about this. We didn't, we didn't want you to go and bend the knee. And she has a point. I mean, like, like, um, uh, Blackfish says later on, <laughs> everybody's stubborn nobody wants to bend the knee i mean 
they elected John to represent them and they didn't expect John to say, okay, whatever, here you go. But I can see what John was saying too. I did what I had to do because we brought allies. Well, and to his point, I mean, his whole ideology and his whole thinking has been behind trying to save the North. Yeah. It's not, he doesn't care about the title. He never has cared about the title. Mm -hmm. I mean, he didn't really care about being Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. I mean, he was just trying to do what's best for as many people as he possibly could. And then he had a point and he said it like, look, I did this for you guys. And everybody's like, well, yeah, that's true. And then Tyrion, (laughs) bad news Tyrion, he comes up and says, hey, you know what? He did a lot of great stuff so we can be alive. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in fact, like one of the things now... The, the, the Lannisters, Lannisters are, are coming yeah. up. Like, oh bullshit! Oh man, <laughs> I'd be the pissed off. I was the North too. I mean, I'd understand, but at the same time, I'd be salty as shit. You know why? Because the North, North remembers. The North remembers. <laughs> Much like Pepperidge Farms, the North remembers. <laughs> and we we get good interplay between the characters, little Lionel Mormont and, and all of the other characters that are kind of in a kerfuffle because of you know what John had done, but. For all intents and purposes, he did this to save the most people as possible. You know, he didn't have to, he didn't have to try to unite. You know, the the people south of the wall and the wildlings, but he somehow did that. I mean, mm-hmm. they all fought on the same side because they understand the the gravity of the situation. It's not just because of houses and everything else. I mean, this is for life and death. Right. Well, like so. Tyrion said, I mean, he did all this stuff for it. At least listen up. But I can, I can like I said, I can see both sides. But at the end, we know. What is the lesser of two evils? Yeah, and what you alluded to earlier, you know, the Sansa and Danny interplay was awesome as well, mm-hmm. because Sansa even says, you know, I, I anticipated the the North armies, you know, all of the houses that we brought into Winterfell to have this army, you know, this this army yeah. gathering, <laughs> but I didn't anticipate the Unsullied. I didn't anticipate the Dothraki. I didn't anticipate two dragons. And she goes, what do dragons eat anyway? And Danny just goes, whatever they want. Exactly. I mean, that's true. You know, I mean, and, and then moving on later into the episode, speaking of eating, they're like, Oh man, they're not eating that much. Well, how much did they eat? Only 17 goats and 18 sheep. It's like, Holy shit. Sansa's got a point. That's me at a buffet. Nom, nom, nom. As long as that shit's slathered in some teriyaki or some sweet and sour, I'm good to go. Right? Sansa's got a good point, though. I mean, like, I know she's she's ultimately like, this bitch, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, like, dating my brother ain't good enough for her, you know? But at the same time, she does have a point. Like I said, if they're already preparing for winter and they're already busting their ass, they're trying to get everybody to come in there. Mm-hmm. Now you have the Unsullied. And there's thousands of them, as we saw. Then we also had the Dothraki, and there's thousands of them, too. So, yeah, she, how are we going to feed all these people? And the dragons. Exactly. Like I said earlier, if if they barely touching their food is 17 goats and sheep, imagine how much they're going to want to eat after they've done that, like, Spyro the Dragon fun race, you know? <laughs> so it's like, you know, you know they're going to tear up a whole fucking flock. <laughs> like, morning, George. Morning, Ralph. <laughs> just take up the whole thing. So <laughs> after they kind of do the little you know tit for tat and whatnot at the at the council room, mm-hmm. you see that Sansa is is talking to uh, I cannot remember his name. It's the well, he's not the Lord of the Vale, but you know he's the the commander of the Vale. Yeah, Army. commander of the Vale, the um, Maxine Nightingale. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. But no, Tyrion. Santa Claus. <laughs> Would you stop? <laughs> Tyrion comes up on the walkway and he, he starts to talk to Sansa. 
and he tells him, you know, I, this is the it's good seeing you again. You know, we haven't seen each other since Joffrey's wedding. And she had, yeah, it had its moments. And I was <laughs> like, Jesus, I was like, come on now. That was really good. Well, and they kind of do this little interplay and whatnot. It's it's a very uncomfortable conversation between the two of them. Because, I mean, the last time they did see each other was when Joffrey died. Right. And Tyrion even makes this statement of saying, you know, well, you, you didn't have to really cut out the way you did. And... She's just like, well, sorry, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, and you know what? They were married, and they were both kind of cool with each other. They both understood what they were going for, and they were mm-hmm. both put in the situation that neither of them wanted, and they tried to make the best of it as best they could. And at the end of the day, they did have each other's back on a lot of things. So for them not seeing each other and then having an amicable reunion like that, where even it was just like, you know, I'm glad you, I'm glad you're still alive. You too, you know, because he even mentioned he goes a lot of people underestimated you, mm-hmm. and a, a lot, lot of, of them those, are dead yep. now. And she had this yep. look like, "Yep, I know they sure <laughs> are, <laughs> right?" And so yeah, it was really good. And but then, then Sophie Turner comes around and like as as cool as I think Tyrion is, and as smart as I think he is, and as like very witty I think he is, she came right back to me because you know I used to. You really believe that, that your sister is gonna, sending the Lannister army? Am I gonna send her? Uh, go by her word. I used to think you were clever, and then she just walks away, and I'm like, damn, because he even goes, oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it finally took, you know, somebody to, to finally tell him mm-hmm. that, that wasn't trying to kiss his ass about it, you mm-hmm. know, and it's kind of weird for Tyrion to believe Cersei, because, you know, he kind of alludes to the fact that she's with child, you know, now she has something to live for, and she's just like, I used to think that you were the cleverest man in the world, and it's just like, I'm out, <laughs> I I, I, think, I think that's him holding out hope in the goodness of Cersei and everybody else. You know, having trying to have a little bit of faith and a little bit of benefit. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah, falling for her trap is kind of like foolishness. But at the same time, you never know, and that's a try. At least they tried, right? That's true. Yeah. And then the next part we see, we find, oh, my God. I was waiting for this. I know. Since the end of, oh, God, what? The end of season one? Mm-hmm. We finally get Arya and John back together. That was a good little part. Yeah, and I mean, you, you've you got John out there by the uh, the weirwood tree, and he's... The weeping willow. <laughs> and he, he's out in the garden, you know, the, the, the pontificating, you know, me, uh, meditation state tree of, you know, House Stark. And Blood tears. He just, he's just kind of out there just kind of chilling, you know. Probably reminiscent on whatever all all of the things that are to come and all the things that have happened. Northern remembrance, <laughs> and he he uh, lets Arya sneak up on him. Right? He's like, I didn't even hear you. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're there. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how did you sneak up on me? Well, how did you survive an arrow in the heart? I didn't. And so it was like, and that was awesome. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, he he could have gone into some like long like speech about you know how he was brought back or whatnot, but he's like, how did you just survive a knife to the heart? I didn't. Yeah. And then they kind of laugh and they get a huge hug together. And it was nice to see that. And then the first thing, like, look, look, I still got needle. I still got needle. And they go, oh, look, the night that I got you. And then, like, he goes, look what I got. Look what I got. And they're like, oh, that's cool. Valerian steel. Like, ooh, you fancy. <laughs> and then Ari goes, that's too heavy for me. <laughs> he's like, and she's like, he's like, oh, needle. Have you ever had to kill anybody with it? Eh, once or twice. <laughs> Today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been so many days since Arya's murdered someone is up on the board in Winterfell, down in like the down in like the, the kitchens. But yeah, I mean it was it was very nice to see those two characters get together because I think 
what was it, season one, episode one, possibly the pilot, maybe episode two, since mm-hmm. we've seen those two interact? Since at least like two or three episodes before Ned Stark gets it. Mm-hmm. But one thing I really liked about this interplay between Ned and, um, I'm sorry, between John and Arya, they catch up and they're all having a good time. And then he goes, man, I could your help. I could have used your help with Sansa a mm-hmm. while ago. Because she's as stubborn as shit, right? And Arya comes up like, no, she's, like, really smart. No, she says Sansa's the smartest person I've ever met. Yeah, it's like, you need to think about stuff. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, like, done hatefully. And it wasn't done, like, snidely. It was done like, look, we're trying to protect our family. And then he goes, and so am I. I'm one of you guys. And then that hug was like, yeah, don't forget that. I thought that was a good warning. Not warning as in, like... If you don't, I will fuck you up. Although there's a little bit of that in there too, but at the same there's, time, there's like a ten percent chance that I, I'm gonna stab you in the heart. As you an know? ass whooping, right? Ninety percent chances I don't forget we're in this together, but a ten percent chances. And if you fuck this up, I'm gonna kill you myself. So like, <laughs> I don't like that because like, again, another aspect of this scene where we see Arya smile and actually genuinely open up and have fun. And not only a nice reunion, but showing that she's got Sansa's back without being mean about it, you know? Because, like, I think after everything that happened with Diddlefinger, like, Sansa, Arya is 100% like, I trust Sansa immensely. No qualms about it, you know? And I like that. I like that. Not the fact that they're sisters and they should be doing that, but the fact that they not only are that but they've earned each other's respect mm-hmm. and i think that's what makes it great especially john being gone as long as he has yeah well, he's been gone for quite a while whilst all this shit was going on of course they're gonna like yeah you don't know what's going on right now dude just kind of hold on mm-hmm. we got this yeah and then i like that i did too mm-hmm. so the the next portion of the show we actually see is we're back in king's landing mm-hmm. and cersei is staring out into the harbor of king's landing and she sees the iron fleet pull up well, we know that they're ferrying the Golden Company yeah. from Essos across to 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 fight this gigantic fight. It's not mm-hmm. for the dead, but it's against everybody in the north. Meanwhile, in the cargo hold is Lyanna Gra- um, Lara, Lara, Lara Greyjoy, Yara, Yara, yeah, Lara. <laughs> You're killing me. I dude. know, I know. I don't even remember everybody's names. I just make them up as I go along. Like I know there's... you do. You do that with our Walking Dead episodes too, right? And so, like, it's not that both I've of never... our listeners are confused as hell right now. <laughs> The, the sister of Brickety Cricket. So, like, <laughs> the new queen of the Iron Isles, right? He's back. Yeah, she's down in the in the, in the the gully. Mm-hmm. And, like, he just comes down like, we're almost at King's Landing. I'm going to talk shit with you for a little oh, bit. Oh, dude, Euron is, is probably easily my favorite shit talker on this show. He's awful, dude. He's a habitual he is, mind dude. stepper. He, he's awful as hell, but he's so good at it. I don't know if he's my favorite. I just kind of like, I want to punch him. I'm like, I just want to be like, ugh, you're awful. You just needed like a punch in the face. But I know that if I tried, he'd probably like punch me and come like, that's right, fatty, let's go. You know, or something <laughs> like that. You know, just talking shit. He's a great shit talker and habitual line stepper, which will go into that. But he's a habitual line stepper with everybody. Right. So when when Cersei sees the Golden Company being ferried back to Westeros, she sees Kyburn, your your favorite little, ugh, little creeper. Creep. 
little creeper cretin. walk up and Kyburn actually tells Cersei that, you know, look, the dead have broken through the wall and her only response is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just like leaves. That's good news. Ain't bad news. I know. Now, now they've got to fight on both fronts. <laughs> but then we see the very next scene is like, hey, thank you. Cersei's like, thank you for the golden company. Come on in. So how do you have how many people you have? And he goes, well, we had 2000, give or take 20,000, 20,000, give or take some died. He goes, and then a year on Great Joe is like, eh, a couple of people had to die because they cheated at dice. Or I cheated. Right, or I cheated, <laughs> whatever. But the next thing was like, okay, cool. What about the elephants? Well, we couldn't bring the elephants. And she's like, oh. <laughs> Christmas I want, time. I want, an I want an elephant. Like, it was a genuine moment of, like, disappointment and heartbreak. I mean, I would want elephants. Right? I don't know about you. Like, where's I'm my straight shark up with lasers? My sharks, right? And so she's like, mm, elephants. Because even later on, later on, she's like, I miss my, I wanted elephants too, right? <laughs> it was kind of cute. You know, not like, oh, widow Cersei Wersey, but like, <laughs> but like, no elephants. <laughs> and still, even during the throne room sequence, Euron is still talking shit. Talking mad shit. And, I mean, I'm... I'm conjecturing now i think the mountain is going to kill euron Greyjoy. oh yeah just because every time that euron has had some type of movement towards cersei the mountain always steps in franken mountain well it's like and it's also because every time euron just kind of keeps an eye on the mountain as to what he's gonna do <laughs> well and not only that but like he's like extra toxic manless a toxic masculinity because he's all like mm -hmm. like uh you know hey i gave you this what, what do i get in return like you i know? give you a fleet I gave you the, uh, the golden company. Everything you wanted, I gave you everything. And you hear he's saying that you consider me a great friend? Get the fuck out of here. I want a little something, something. And then, like, the mountain gave him dead eyes. Even though he has no, dead eyes. I was about eyes. to say he's Even though he has dead, dead eyes. eyes. Just like, I'm going to kill you. You know, because he does talk mad shit. And, like, I guess the queen dug it. Yeah. Because even though she did, she did have a great line. She had a, she had a meme-worthy line. Where it's like, if you want a whore, buy one. If you want a queen, earn her. And I was like, ah, uh, that's the anthem. And so, like, I really enjoyed that. But then she goes, okay, come on. You know, and I was like, is this how Cersei got her groove back? Because he was like, <laughs> he was all like, all right, going in, even like talking shit a little bit to the mountain. He didn't say shit, but he didn't take him to Front Street. He took him to like, front street back alley where it's not quite the street but it's just like eh, adjacent like maybe to a dead end yeah uh, i think you're right i think the mountain's gonna kill that guy and thoroughly enjoy it i hope it, i hope it's reek but i think it's gonna be the mountain yeah I, I just think there's too much stuff that's been set up between a little animosity with uh euron trying to get close to cersei mm -hmm. <laughs> with the mountains just like bitch i'd crush you I literally crushed some guy's skull in when I was alive. I even Imagine what I would do dead when you can't do any punishment to me. Right? I even did it on the, on the goddamn Budweiser commercial. I'm not afraid <laughs> to do it to you. Right? But then, and, oh. So we, we, we'll, we'll talk about it. But while Huron and, and Cersei are, are shacking up together, we've got the, the rescue plot from Theon to get Yara off of the Iron Fleet's boat. Mm -hmm. But let's go back and actually talk about the the interplay between Euron and, and Cersei because Euron's you know getting all cocky and he's like, "So is I better than the Fat King?" Talking about Robert Baratheon, right? Powdered sugar. sugar. But if we uh, and and Cersei even says, you know, he had a different whore every night. 
but he but still he didn't know his way around a woman. Right. And then Euron, still talking shit in pure Euron. Perpetual line stepper. He goes, what about the Kingslayer? And she just looks at him like, bitch, what? Did you just go there? And like, because he was, was great. She's even said like earlier, I've killed for less. And like, he goes, I like pushing buttons. Eh? And so, I don't know. She goes, you're the most arrogant asshole I've ever met. <laughs> but I like it. Yeah. And so while they're they're actually shacking up, uh, Theon goes to the, the, the main boat and frees Yara. No, here's my question. Here's my question. Because we missed, um, I think we missed a part, but it comes into play later on. When he goes, after he's finished with uh, Cersei, he does this, I'm going to put a baby prince in ya, mm-hmm. right? And she goes, okay. And then she looks back and she laughs because I think she, well, well, we know she's already pregnant. Right. But do you think she's going to use that as leverage so when she kills, hoping that Jamie gets killed? Because I, we see later on that um, the whole bronze brothel scene. Mm-hmm. That, and, we'll, and we'll talk about that, yeah, but I, I get where you're going. Yeah. So Keep do going. You, so do you think that she's going to like, oh, okay, it never was his. Right, it's not the Kingslayer's baby. Right. It's Euron's baby. Right. Dude, whatever suits Cersei best yeah. at the time, that's what she's going to use. I mean, we already know that. I mean, love is very frivolous in her mind. That's true. So, I mean, she she's a cold, hard woman. Yeah. So I would like to know what her game is because she's always like, Betty Sneakies. <laughs> she uses secret tunnels. Betty Sneakies. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, man. I think she's going to use it to her advantage in any way she can do. Mm-hmm. So if it's benefiting her by saying it's Euron's, then sure. If it's benefiting her by saying it's you know Jamie's, then sure. Yeah, maybe she can say like okay, or maybe she can even say like okay, this is Euron, this is a great joy, baby. Your Iron Isles are now mine, <laughs> and then like kill Rickety Cricket's uncle. Hmm, you never know, man. Sounds like a I mean, Cersei plan. That's true. Yeah. yeah. 100% Cersei approved. <laughs> so I choose violence. Cersei. <laughs> and Cersei even acts like very detested after Euron leaves. She's just like, ew, I can't believe I just did that. Like the, the walk, like, well, I mean, the, wa- the wine of shame. shame. I mean, shame. she's just sitting there drinking. And it's just like, ew. <laughs> I'm telling you how Cersei got a group back. I did think it was fun. I, I did think it was kind of uh, ominous and, and weird the way that she was drinking wine. After, well, after her and Euron got it on. Oh yeah, I didn't even but notice she, that. But she, but remember when Tyrion came and talked to her when they were at Dragonstone, or not Dragonstone, when they were at the Dragon Pit, she pushed the. She didn't want any wine. She left it on the table. Do you think she's? Do you think she's trying to kill uh, the new Lannister? I don't baby know. And maybe get a new. Baby I don't know, but I, I thought it was. I thought it was interesting that I she started drinking. I didn't yeah. even pick that up. Yeah. Huh. So who wow. knows. Because okay, now we gotta go back because I think we we skipped over the bronze brothel, where we um the creeper comes out of nowhere. Oh, you know, while we were catching up on all the characters, we can just do it and you know by character. But with the the bronze brothel piece of it, I mean, you know, bronze just trying to get him a little piece or three. I like this because yeah, <laughs> bronze about to have a the uh, the devil's triangle and like if it was up to him, it'd be like the devil's hexagon, right? <laughs> the wobbly bee, but um. No, and so, but he's trying to get in the mood, and everybody's like, yeah, I heard the dragons bit off somebody's face, and he's like, uh. <laughs> yeah, and, and the, the whores in the brothel are like, oh, who who died? Oh, the Willie from 3C, you know, right? he had his face burned off, and you know, this person, and I mean, like, total mood killers, because, you know, Braun even goes, can we stop talking about the dragons? Exactly. I shot one. Right. You're, <laughs> you know? I'm talking to 
so I'm done with dragons. Let's talk about something else. Cause like I don't know. I think like I can like stay in the mood for a lot of different things, but if someone's talking about dragons eating people and melting people's face off and people that I know, I don't know if I'd be ready for coitus. You know? I, I don't know, but I I definitely know I wouldn't be there when creepy Kyburn you know comes out in. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, just like, hey, how's it going? Like, holy shit, get out of here. Tell me he comes out of the shadows like the ghost of John Waters. He's just <laughs> like just a creep. <laughs> <laughs> and since I've done it so many times, I won't get him mixed up with Jonathan Winters. <laughs> but yeah, you know, in Kyburn, uh, Braun dismisses the the three girls that he has, and one of the girls even makes by impassing, just kind of makes a pass at Kyburn, saying, "You know, I like older men. Look me up sometime." And he's just like, "Like she, I, she has no idea how creepy that dude is." Right? But if he had a good line. He goes, "Huh." You know what? Lovely girl. Too bad they're going to die of the pox. Yes. And, and Bron's like, holy shit, which one? Which one? Yeah. <laughs> That's some good information. Because he's like a creepy doctor. Yeah. He's the worst. Kyber goes, poor girl. The pox will take her before the end of the year. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. Which one? I like that line because he's like, holy shit. That was funny. But, but he comes with a proposal a proposal most dire yeah he offers like trunks of gold to Bronn because cersei wants both of you know both Tyrion and jamie dead mm -hmm. because you know well number one Tyrion killed their mother in childbirth and killed tywin while he was on the crapper <laughs> he old crapper mm -hmm. and then you know jamie pretty much was treasonous yeah you know just turned his back on her and went to go fight in the north and he wants uh he wants her he wants him to kill them with the same crossbow that Tyrion killed his dad with. Mm -hmm. That's fucking poetic justice. Diabolical. That is diabolical. Even he goes, here it is. I don't... Okay, Conjectureville. And no matter how greedy and like money-grubbing and money-hungry Bronn is, I don't think he would do that at all. Because not only is he the friends with both of them, he's the one that tried to broker peace between the two brothers. Right. Right. I don't think he would turn on. Them. I don't think he would either because, you know, he even makes mention of the Kyburn. He goes, you know, the queen already gave me a, a castle and took it back. Right. You know, so what's saying that she's not going to give me this, these spoils and, you know, not try to take it back or not try to kill me because of it. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, she she knows how to tie up loose ends. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, loose, oh loose, yeah. Loose lips sink ships, mm -hmm. you know. Burn churches to the ground. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Yeah. The high sept is really high. <laughs> right. So, I mean, we, we already know that she's good at taking care of all the, the loose ends and everything. So I wouldn't put it past her. And I, I don't think Braun is going to fall for it. Mm -hmm. So. <sighs> Rickety Cricket saves the day. Yeah. You know, he saves Yara and they, and they start sailing back to the Iron Islands. And Yara's point was absolutely spot on. Because, you know, Theon and, and Yara talk about, well, you know, I want to go up and fight in the north and I want to save, you know, the, the Starks and do this, that, and the other. And Yara goes, well, I'm going to sail back and take retake the Iron Islands while Euron's down at King's Landing. Because if Daenerys needs to retreat, she at least has somewhere to retreat to where the dead can't get to him. She has excellent ideas. Oh, yeah. One, not only will they take the um, Isles back from the creepy uncle, and but two... It will, like you said, give her their good retreat plan, which is a nice, fantastic idea. But now that Rickety Cricket's got a little, got a taste for blood, he's like, I want to go get weird in the north, you know? <laughs> Do you think he's going to go, like, you know, take a, some of the fleet and, like, come in with, like, flaming dragon fire shit? Well, I mean, you really can't. Because Winterfell's in the middle of land. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, 
you really don't have a way to get there, you know, so he's going to have to do it by the, you know, by land. So, I mean, he's probably going to be the only one to go because I don't think anybody from the Iron Fleet's going to go with him. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I thought he was going to take a boat and, like, try and go over, over there. Overland? No, like the coast and then <laughs> no, come I, in. I, I'm just messing with you. Oh. No, I, I don't think he'd have any way to get to Winterfell. And I think by the time he ends up getting there, my, my conjecture is that Winterfell's already going to be falling. Oh, you wow. know? Yeah, so I, I don't think he's going to be able to make it in time. I hope Rickety Cricket doesn't Rickety Cricket doesn't save the entire day. Oh no, you know won't. what I'm saying? No, they they won't. I mean, granted, he still has some he still has some redeemable qualities, and I think his story arc still needs to be redeemed from what you know Ram Ramses did to him with the with the sausage. <laughs> but, but I, I don't me, I don't think the writers are going to give Theon the uh, the ability to save everything. You know, save all of humanity and. And the seven kingdoms. Fucking reeks on the throne. No, but you think he'll like take an arrow at the end of the day, like you know, for John or something? Yeah, eh, possibly. I, th- I think he, he's a tragic hero. You know, I mean, he definitely had enough shit happen to him. So that's the truth. Yeah, um, I, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, you know, I, I thought that little interplay—the fact that he's going off back into the north, you know, to fight with his brother—and then Yara's going back to take the Iron Isles. Mm-hmm. So, but we we get the Onion Knight. Thank God we got Davos back, man. Dude, Davos I love that right. dude. And Vettis. I think that's I think that is like the smartest council ever put together on this show. Davos, Var, uh, Varys, and uh, Tyrion. Mm-hmm. That's like a goddamn brain trust, man. <laughs> so we, we see that, you know, Davos's main plan is to try to, I guess, unite everything and everybody under marrying Daenerys and Jon together. You know, so... And Tyrion's even making jokes at you know at, at Davos's expense, you know, talking about just oh him being just an onion knight, and you know they talk about the stigils and everything else. And Davos finally comes up with the plan. So yeah, to get him to both like get married, and then it's like, well, they might not listen to us because we're lonely old men. And they're like, oh, well, we're not that old and that lonely. Yeah, and then Tyrion you know? goes, I'm not as old as this guy. Right? <laughs> he goes, well, yeah, again, true, but like. I think them getting married is a foregone conclusion. I mean, it just seems like they already love each other, and it makes more sense. And then, like, the very next scene, they're going, it's falling in love montage time. Yeah. Right? So they're, like, walking. Through. Won't you come with me, little queen, on a magic dragon ride? <laughs> nice. Bravo. Nice. Bravo. I've been thinking about that all day. I was going <laughs> to say, have you been working on that one? Because... <laughs> but, uh, no, because they even said, the, but before they go on the magic carpet ride, I like what they went, when, like, your sister doesn't like me. And he goes, no, but she doesn't like me. And he goes, well, she should respect me because if she doesn't. <laughs> Why are you want to? <laughs> right? I was totally like, holy shit. Daenerys is like, I'm going to fuck your sister up if she don't like me. You know? And it's like, ouch. Yeah. And John just says, you know, she doesn't know you. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's going to be one of those things where they ha- it, it's going to be a rushed type of um uh, story arc, I guess, between those two. But I think ultimately they're going to come to some type of agreement or some type of mutual conclusion that, you know, each other has the best interests in mind. Yeah, especially for John. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So we get the magic dragon ride. We, I would love to ride a dragon. <sighs> I would. Lo- yeah. You, you You're getting a little heavy there. Yeah. We're going down, genius. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Chakaris. <laughs> No, <laughs> just burn up in a big ball of flames. <laughs> I like that magic car, magic dragon ride. I thought that was cool. I'd like to do that at Disney. It, it was it was a new it was a cool little montage. But th- this is the portion of the episode where I have huge beef. Okay, 
So we know as the viewers from last season that John is actually the the lost Targaryen, secret Targaryen, right? Mm-hmm. And only Targaryens are able to ride dragons. Okay. Big so, red flag right there. Exactly. Not just anybody can just harness a dragon and just be like, wee, you know what I mean? He's, he's sitting there riding like a roller coaster. But it's like, okay, I the get... never-ending story. I get that, you know, he, he's able to, you know, somehow have some type of connection with, with the dragon. Okay, we've seen that with Tyrion as well. So, I conjecture, Bill, I think Tyrion is a lost Targaryen as well. Okay, yeah. so, but, 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 but take all that aside. The problem I have with this is that it was completely anticlimactic for him to find out that he can ride a dragon. It's just like, I'm chasing a piece of tail on a big flying tail. And it's just right. like, come on now. Well, in fairness, she was the one chasing him. And then until he came up, I was expecting like her to, when he was behind her, to go, Dracarys, right? Little Dracarys. And then just like, man, go fast. <laughs> but like... <laughs> Like turbo boost on a dragon, right? Just light the dragon's ass on fire. <laughs> that made me move quicker, but <laughs> but but the only part that I didn't get is that okay, so they have th- this. They're in such dire circumstances that they have to go get a dead one to to take to King's Landing to convince the armies, and they're trying to get the Unsullied, the Dothraki, all these armies together, but yet they have a chance for a joyride. Well, at the same time... And, and a bunch of jokes? I mean, when did Daenerys become a stand-up, you know? She did have, like, she had, like, a whole big set of she jokes. She had a slew of jokes. Right in a row, like, you know? Play me out, Tom. Right? Like, how do I know if I ride a dragon? Nobody knows. Just do it, you know? And, like, what if he doesn't want me? Well, it was nice knowing you, you know? It was just like, I'm Daenerys. I'll be here all night. Thank you. Don't forget to tape your weight staff. Right? But no, I, mean, I guess that was just the part. I mean, while I did find it kind of funny, you know, well, it was nice knowing you, Jon Snow. You know, that was kind of chuckle worthy. Yeah, but I don't then, understand how they have just this this random. Uh, let's let's go on a forty five minute dragon ride while we're you know the army of the dead is still marching south. Here's why. Here's how it was justified, because they're like, oh no. The dragons are sad. They've only ate 15 goats, right? Like, oh, no, what's the matter? They don't like it here. Well, maybe they just need to have some fun. Let's go out and have some fun. I think, like, in the grand scheme of things, yes, there are bigger fish to fry. But I think you can spare, like, 45 minutes. Dude, but, we're talking about the end of all humanity. Right, but they just now broke the wall. They're just, they haven't got that far yet, at least. And, and they go on their dragon training montage like this is a crappy 80s movie. Oh, no, and then you forget they're going to go somewhere to bang. Oh, yeah, so the, they're gonna, the, the, the secret cave. Right, where we can stay there forever. And like, okay. And then the more cheesy lines. This was kind of, it was kind of cheesy. It was cute. And I liked it, but it's still fucking cheesy. Where it's like, I want sword fights, not stand up, right? <laughs> where she was like, "Ooh, it's cold," and they're like, "Not made for a southern girl." Then warm up your queen. Ooh, <laughs> I was. I was waiting for like the like the mid nineties, mm, yeah. like ooh. And I was like, "Oh, that's corny." But then it was cute because he looked over and like the dragons. Okay. And the dragons were even given side eye. No, I don't think it was side eye. As a pet owner. You could probably attest to this too, as a pet owner. When sometimes you're like in the heat of the moment, or things are about things are starting to cook, and you look over, and your animals are just looking right at you, 
It's no, like, it's creepy. It's like, get out of here. Stop it's it. Creepy, Stop dude. it. Right? Exactly. Stop creeping out our two listeners. No, Come no, on now. no. I'm not saying like, like... Sorry, Lance from Uruguay. I'm not saying like you're going to the... I don't know what Genius is talking about now. No, I'm not saying like you go to the, the zoo to watch the monkeys do it. I'm just saying, you know... Hey, the monkeys don't know what to do it. The monkeys they, don't know what to do it. They make love. But like, you know, sometimes you're like, get out of here. You gotta shoot the dog away or like shoot the cat away or whatever. Pet owners know when things get like hot and heavy, you don't want the animals looking at you. Let alone your animals are like... 50 fucking foot dragons just giving you like sad Charlie Brown in the arms of the dragon, right? Oh, Lord. That was such a cute little like picture though of the dragon going, Mur. what you gonna do with my mama? You know, <laughs> just like <laughs> it's, it's, it's the classic pet blocker. So, like, so, okay, we need to get off the, <laughs> we need to get off the dragon's sexy time. So, the next portion, dragon ass. The, the next portion that we actually see is the hound has uh, commissioned Gendry, I guess that's the best way to put it, mm-hmm. commissioned Gendry to make, like, a gigantic battle axe of, you know, this dragon glass, and then the hound runs into Arya. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so what's going to happen here? And the hound is, like, surprised to see her. He's like, oh, you left me to die. And the goes, and I stole your money. And I robbed you, too. <laughs> and I robbed you, too. <laughs> so he's just like, damn. And he, and he goes, well, you're a cold-hearted bitch, but I guess that's how you live this long. And he just walks out. Yep. I was like, okay, cool. No harm, no foul. So do you think the the dragon glass axe is his? Oh, yeah, that's his axe. You don't think he's going to give it to Tormund? <clears throat> no way. That's for him. Because that's what his, that was one of his weapons of choice. I know, but you're killing me, man. I want him to give it to Tormund, and they can have like a bro team up. Maybe, maybe he'll give it to maybe like he'll save Tormund with it, and then he'll sacrifice himself, and Tormund will use it in his honor. Ah, oh, I like it. Yeah. But going back to the Hound and Arya, then the next thing we see is Arya with um, Gendry. Gendry. That's ooh. I again, I when they were like, ooh. yeah. Ooh, and, well, let me ask you this. On that little scroll that he, that Arya hands What the fuck Gendry, was that? It looked like a ballistic knife of uh of dragon glass. Wolverine claws. No, it looked more like to me like it was a like a projectile. Like it oh, was yeah? a ballistic knife, like a, a knife where you push a button and the blade shoots out. Sweet. So like a ballistic knife of dragon glass? I mean somebody somebody get at us in the Twitters or shooting the, daggers and shit and like I mean, honestly. Arya still ain't gonna have nothing on Sherman Augustus and as Nathaniel Moon. No, that'd but, be know. rad. No, that'd be cool if she had like daggers and things, unless she can like throw ninja stars and things. But at the same time, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I I think it's a ballistic knife. So yeah, I mean, I think it'd be pretty cool. But I like to see that Arya is kind of like flirting mm-hmm. with Gendry. I think that's cute because she's like, well, you got to be a badass anyway, and then she just walks away and like smirks. Yeah. Well, and and remember, Gendry is a Baratheon. You know, yeah, he, he's one of the. I mean, granted, he's not a Targaryen, but he still is a Baratheon. Mm-hmm. So. It's like you're. You, oh, you know, you have Valerian steel. You fancy. You fancy now, ain't you? She goes, "Yep." How many fancy people you know? <laughs> <laughs> but but that was nice because I liked seeing Gendry again. You know, because I think the the last well, the last time we saw him, he was running for his life to tell everybody that they needed to bring the dragons. You know, north of the wall to get the 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 walker that they were getting. So. And now we come to, oh man, like the, the the worst part of the episode when we see that, you know, Daenerys and Jorah go to see Samwell. This was sad, It man. was really sad, man. I felt so bad for Sam. Because you don't want anything bad to happen to Sam. He's like, 
That lovable yeah, goof. He's like the, the nicest character that, besides Gilly, the nicest character on this damn show. Yeah. And he goes, hey, you're the guy that helped me out with the... Um, uh, Grayscale. Yeah, Grayscale. So... I'm so glad. Anything I can I'd do. I'd like to introduce you to the queen. Right? Anything I can do. Name it. Well, I really like forgiveness. If you could help me find my dad. Yeah, he goes, <laughs> I'd, I'd like a pardon. And they, they kind of go through. And again, you know, it's it's comic relief and levity and whatnot. Because Sam says, you know, I, I took a couple books from the Citadel. Mm-hmm. And she and she kind of looks at Jordan. And she's like, uh, okay. And she's, and she's smiling and smirking. And he goes, I also took a sword. And she goes, from the Citadel? And he, and then he's like, no, I took my my, my house's sword. House Tarly. Ta- House Tarly. Maybe you've heard of it. And, and then Daenerys' face just drops oh, like, oh, shit. Wah, wah. And Jory is just kind of looking like, um, like what? Um, uh. <laughs> but, you know, good on Daenerys. I mean, she actually did tell Sam that, you know, she murdered a prisoner. Right. Actually, two prisoners of war. Because then, you know, when... They talk about their father. You know, he's like, oh, well, at least I can go back home because my brother's the lord of the house now. And she's uh, like, oh. About that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, um, your brother stood with oops. your pops and I had them both burned alive. Sorry. So. Um, but there's, there's that. Any, if there's anything else I can do for you. Uh, I mean, you guys want some new tapestries for right? the walls? Oh, man. Sam's like, oh, excuse me. And then he just like, excuses himself and fucking breaks down. I feel terrible, too. But at the same time. One, he was in the Night's Watch, and so he kind of like disavowed everything. Disavowed. Right. At the same time, even though they're as they were genuine assholes to him, you still don't want to see your family find out all of a sudden your family was eaten by dragons, or at least burned crisp. Either way, bad news. Well, he, Dickon wasn't that bad to him. Dickon. Well, I no, mean, he wasn't. Dickon it was just bad. like a he, he was more his father's son than you mm-hmm. know Sam's brother. But I mean, he wasn't really. I mean, the the one interaction that I remember seeing when they were at the dinner table, when they introduced Gilly to the, the parents, we didn't really see, right. like, a lot of, you know, anger or whatnot toward His one another. Dad was an asshole and needed to die, but at the same Very time, you don't, want to, you don't want Sam to feel bad and cry, you know? True. So when he rushes out, you know, he excuses himself from Daenerys, and Daenerys allows, you know, she allows it because, I mean, dude, I just roasted your whole family alive. Plus, gave her an excuse to get out of that awkward situation. Yeah. Awkward. Exactly. So as he runs outside, he sees Bran. Again, creeping, creeping out Bran. in the shadow like, hey, what you been doing here? We, we need to tell John looking, now. Looking for friends. You know, it's just like you. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, we need to tell John. Now, I agree. I agree. The quicker they know this shit, the better. And the fact that he has documents to back it up mm-hmm. makes things even like more cut and dry so yeah after brand tells you know sam to go tell john and you know now is the time this this is the appropriate time to tell him sam was he drunk passed out in the crypts or was he just kind of taking some time to himself no he oafed okay he oafed i think he was gonna he was looking for john because he's like i need to tell him right now because one i'm an emotional wreck because i found out that your girlfriend fucking killed my father yeah and then, then two i need one i need to tell you that and two i need to tell you who you really are so he had two bombshells and he needed to find him and, and needed to drop on him and then he was trying to find him and i think he just oofed up and like <laughs> summer's with sam coming soon to winterfell you know and then when he starts talking to john about it everything that went down you know he says daenerys killed my father and my brother while they were prisoners of war and he goes well you know i've executed people for you know treasonous type things and whatnot and he goes well you've also let people live and i think this is like not necessarily trying to sow a seed of discontent but it is yeah you know because he's seeing finally that you know 
because he has such a good John has such a good bond with Sam that now do you think it's going to force a wedge between him and Daenerys knowing that Daenerys just murdered those guys outright he didn't know because he goes did you know he goes no I'm just finding this out you know that's fucked up shit but still I mean do you think it's going to force a force a, a weird I guess a weird play between Daenerys and John. Oh yeah, especially because Sam is also going to say like, "Hey, after he tells tells John, you are Aegon Targaryen, the rightful owner of the throne." Of course it's going to put a wedge in between him, Daenerys and Sam for those both reasons. Sam's got total justification of being angry at Daenerys, and Daenerys is going to have total justification to be like, "Look, I don't believe you. Why are you talking shit?" And he goes, "Look, I got to prove this." I have the document. Yeah, he has it in the, it. Yeah, in the Meister Scrolls. The Three-Eyed Raven. And that was awesome. He goes, and, and Bran knows what he knows just because Bran knows. Right. Because he's, he's Bran. Yeah, because right? he's Bran. And so that's going to be like, uh I'm House Targaryen. It's my... So it's going to put a definite rain on a lot of people's parade. It's going to put a definite pressure on all relationships involved Mm -hmm. so i think this is going to have a lot more ramifications than we like than we realized especially now that sam's kind of caught in the middle of it right you know yep so the next portion that we see you know after sam tells john that you know he is the rightful heir to the iron throne they're in the crypts at winterfell and john kind of goes you know my father never lied to me and sam's just like well that ain't that ain't your dad sorry right but um the I next call him por- Segway Sam because he he went segued into the both bombshells pretty well. Yeah, he did. And then the next portion of the episode that we see is we see Tormund, Beric. But and- hold on. before we get that, one thing Sam said that kind of stuck out with me. He goes, "I pledged my life for the queen." You know, and he goes, "Yeah, you gave up your crown to pledge for the rightful heir. Mm-hmm. Do you think she would do the same thing for you?" Right. Again, causing no. not the not the doubt, but all that. Yeah, no, I don't think she would do that either. No, she she sees herself as the the savior. Yeah, so that's definitely going to cause a wedge. Yep, because there is a rift afoot. Mm-hmm. Because like I, I think he does have the rightful. He is the rightful king mm-hmm. for the the throne, but she ain't going to give it up. She's so close to tasting it. I think they would make a great power couple and rule justly and fairly. And I hope at the end of the day that the three wise men, uh, their plan to get them to hook up and marry works. Nah, I don't think so. You don't think they're going to nope. marry? I think they're all going to die. <laughs> Doom and gloom! No, I just, I just really think it's it's going to force a wedge at a very inopportune time. Yeah. You know, and, and Daenerys is going to try to take her dragons and go home. John's be like, nope, I rode that one. That's mine now. Right. You know? So I just, he likes me better. <laughs> I, I don't know how it's all going to play out, but I definitely don't think it's going to be one of those things where we see like a, you know, a king and a queen scenario. Really? I, I really don't. <laughs> I think something's going to happen. It's, it's going to be weird. Yeah. So... But the the one of the last portions of the episode is we see finally we see Tormund and Beric Dondarrion. They're alive. And, and, and the the refugees from Eastwatch by the Sea. You know they, they're going into uh, that was um, House Umber, correct? I believe the so. little kid. Yeah. Okay. So when when they get to House Umber, they find everybody dead, and they see like uh, a message from the Night King with the little kid stabbed through the chest up on a wall but he has like this pinwheel of like arms human and limbs right that's fucked up i thought it was kind of cool actually. it looked great it looked great but then he was like we have to get out of here because if we hurry up we can run that was a good jump scare it and got then, me and then barrack just sinks his flaming sword into the kid and just lights, lights him on, him on and fire. lights the whole pinwheel on fire like one of those uh 
one of those contraptions on the Fourth of July that you hang from a tree and it just starts spinning. Yeah, yeah. But yeah I thought I thought that part was awesome. That looked really cool. Because then we get even we we get even more um, more you know, like humanity and more comedy. But I think this worked better than the John and Daenerys piece because you you see Ed come in from the Night's Watch and he's like he's got blue eyes and Tormund goes well I've always had blue eyes and they kind of like hug each other and they're just kind of happy to see each other but I thought that was that was the comedy that actually worked in the episode yeah. for me so that was that was kind of cool plus the fact that matter is that they're alive right yeah, I mean, we you didn't got like know a, that at the end of the last like season. You've got like four people from the Night's Watch that just kind of show up, and you've got hey. maybe six people from East Watch. Sup? So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a just a weird, weird way to <clears throat> to reunite with like your your war family, you mm-hmm. know. And then the the final portion of the episode that we actually see, we see this like, caravan of refugees going in to Winterfell. And I almost wanted to make a joke that it was like Darth Sidious because they, they kept the the person that was on horseback. They kept the identity very veiled. And we finally find out it's Jamie Lannister. Uh-huh. And he kind of he kind of gets like a familiar feeling when he gets into Winterfell because, you know, they'd been there early on with the Baratheons. Right. But he's kind of like relieved looking around and like because he knows that, like, although he's got he's got to say, like, look, ill shit's going to go down mm-hmm. because my sister's going to go back on her word because she's fucking Cersei. Yep. At the same time, he's like, you know, it's it, it's good to be here helping, at least I'm trying to, right. against a common enemy because I don't want to die. I don't want the dead to take over, regardless of what my sister says. Right. So he's just going around, he's getting ready, and he's going to... He's actually taking a huge risk doing what he's doing on all sides. Well, that's a lot of the reason why he had to go into Winterfell Cloak. Incognito, right? Because the last thing anybody in the North wants to see is Jamie Lannister. And two, if Cersei finds out that she's that he's gone, she's going to have him killed instantaneously anyway. And it's kind of hard to hide a big golden hand. Right. You know? <laughs> There's only so many glove makers out right now. <laughs> and then, of course, to end the episode, we a- see... Again, creeping! Cre- cre- creeper brand. Creeping! But then, like, looks in the... <laughs> I don't think dun, dun, dun. I don't think it was like a vicious look from Bran just like Oh, he was pissed. No, I don't think so. I don't think Bran cares because he's more he's more in-game looking. Yeah. True. But at the same time, he's the one that put him in the wheelchair. He's the one that made Hodor die. If you you know what I'm saying? It's no, like, no, it, Jamie kicked a lot of the stuff off, but I just don't think Bran cares at this point. But there's still got to be a little bit of bitterness. A little bit of bitterness. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah. So that pretty much wraps up this episode. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about? No, I think that was it. I think that's, I, 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 we covered everything. Okay. Yeah. So like we do on every episode on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest, how would you rank this episode? I'm glad we're back. I'm glad, like, you know, Game of Thrones is back on. And this is a really good episode. It put a lot of, like, good character interactions and mm-hmm. character building caught us so up I'm with everybody 7.5 i would like to use a little bit more action or a little bit more like an, a bigger set piece mm-hmm. especially for a season opener after we waited like two fucking years you know but it's good to see the old gang back together right especially working together and like the cool pairings so if i would have got a little more action i would have got a little bit higher but i like what we got but not enough for like a season opener, so seven point five. On yeah, that. and I'm actually gonna go with the six point five. Really? Yeah. The reason why I'm going so low is because the comedy beats didn't hit. No. And I thought they were complete. I, I thought they were completely forced in the, the in the episode. The falling in love. With yeah. Daenerys. The, the dragon. The dragon montage. Uh-huh. While I thought it was cool, I was like, 
okay, they, they built up to this whole thing where only Targaryens could ride dragons. Then all of a sudden, just John just jumps on. Surprise! And, he, and I, I realize that John's not necessarily the sharpest tool in the in the toolbox, but something should have clicked in his head going, uh, well, we always knew that only this certain type of people could ride dragons. Right. And now all of a sudden, I'm riding dragons. Am I not one of these certain type of people? But the, the comedy beats, man, just really, it, it, it kind of stuck out to me. I liked the interactions just like you did, but I think the reason why I'm scoring so low is because of that. You know, I almost hate saying that because, I mean, we get Game of Thrones back. Right. But this was just a slower episode for me. Yeah. You know, the we, we didn't get hardly anything with Masande and Grey Worm other than them when they, they pull in to Winterfell and everybody's kind of giving them, you know, everybody's throwing shade at them because of, you know, they're coming in as this, this gigantic army. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the characters that we didn't get, I mean, they were so heavily focused in season six and seven. Yeah. So I'm going to go six and a half. I can see that. You're going to go seven and a half. Mm-hmm. I want to remind everybody that we will actually be back, not tomorrow, but Tuesday, Tuesday. with an episode for in AMC's Into the Badlands. And then we'll be back next Monday with our episode for Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But on behalf of my co-host, Genius McGee, I'm Dustin P. Cindy Margolis.